Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. It's going to be a really happy new year, too, I think. Yeah, it really is. The Lord knows how to get you from where you're at to where he wants to take you. Amen? Just, you got to let him. So, I'm going to read this verse here. And <clears throat> this, is, this is interesting, okay? This is a very interesting verse. Uh, this is actually the last thing Jesus said publicly. To when he his actual last thing he declared publicly, uh, before he was hauled off, you know, arrested. He said a bunch of other stuff to his disciples after this privately, but this was his really last public message, actually uh, Matthew twenty three, and you know. One of the things he said like seven or eight times in Matthew 23, I think uh, some versions, woe to you. Y'all remember that? Another version says, sorrow awaits you. Jesus was prophesying, sorrow awaits you. And he was talking to the religious people. Uh, sorrow awaits you. And he would tell them why. Sorrow, and, but man, don't you, aren't you so happy today that that's not the message the Lord has for us? I'm just going to declare that over you today. That is not your future. Sorrow does not await you. It does not await you. Don't buy into the lie that sorrow awaits you. This is not true. But this is the last. Here's the. He finished it up. He said in verse 37. Um, hey, did y'all listen to Becky's message last week? If you didn't, go get. Let's go on the website. She's not in here, but that was her all-time best message. And it really, uh, powerful message, really. Um, you know, it's just amazing when the Lord puts some, uh, an anointing on somebody, an authority on somebody, and when they say something, they could tell you that. Like, I knew a lot of this stuff because I was obviously lived with her and experienced some of the, why she was having these experiences with the Lord. But it's a whole different thing when God puts his weight on it. And it, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like shocked at some of it, like, wow. So it takes a lot to shock me, you know. But it was, if you haven't listened to it, I would recommend you do it. Not just because she's my wife, but that's a good thing, but because it was really the mind of the Lord, I believe. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. And that's really why he was, the preceding word was woe to you or sorrow awaits. You wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then he walks out of the temple for the last time he would ever walk, set foot in that temple. That was it. He walked away. And so that's kind of a, a sobering message, really. Uh, I don't know how those people, obviously those people didn't get it. That day, because you know, later the same ones he was talking to killed him. Um, but for us, I believe one of the things the Lord has been doing is preparing us. I really believe that with all my heart. Whether you're conscious of that or not, God has, and Be that was one of the things that Becky had all year, was God is always at work. Always at work. Whether we see it or not, he's always at work. And so I believe God has been behind the scenes much of the time preparing his people. And he had sent many, if you read uh, Matthew 23, he had sent, he goes through, I've sent all these different, he mentioned different people or in different times where he had sent people to talk to Jerusalem, to talk to them, to, to encourage them to, to speak the word of the Lord to them, all the way up to John the Baptist. You know, his whole ministry was to prepare the way of the Lord. And they rejected, they rejected it all, you know, and didn't receive it. And he was broken over them. He was broken that he had to say, my heart was to gather, you know, you like a hen gathers its little chickies 
under its wings to protect them and care for them and make sure they're taken care of. But you refused it. You, you, you rejected it. And, and, you know, there's an old saying that uh, success happens uh, when people... Uh, and oppor- people who are prepared and opportunity come, right? That's, that's the, and so, but what happened here, they didn't have success. There was an opportunity that came. There was an opportunity that came. You hear what I'm saying to you? There was an opportunity that came, but they refused to let him, to, they refused his preparation. They pushed it away. And so they didn't have success. So, uh, I believe, that I'm just telling you things now that I really believe. You have to judge this for yourself. It's just stuff the Lord's been talking to me about, okay? Isn't it great? Isn't the Lord good? Uh, you know, everybody, at the, all preachers across America are preaching there, what is God saying for 2020 this morning, right? And so, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth with that that revelation, you know, like, Am I going to ask God, does he have anything to say about 2020? Or, well, it never happens anyway, so I'm not going to ask him. (laughs) And one year I said, oh, just in case, Lord. That's what I said. Just in case you want to tell me something. But I decided this year I'm not, I'll tell you, here's why I decided this. I'm not going to ask the Lord that because God was already talking to me about a bunch of other stuff. So I didn't really feel like I need to ask him about that specifically. But he did start talking to me about the time we live in. He really did. And so he told me a couple things. He told me actually a bunch of things. Here's, here's one thing he told me. He told me that opportunities are going to come this year for people. There's going to be opportunities. But when the opportunity comes, it's not time to reason. Do you hear what I'm telling you? The opportunities, the door is going to open. And if you don't respond, you're going to miss the door. Now, I'm just being, this is what he told me. You, you, you need to, because here's what happens. The door opens. There's a strong anointing for whatever that opportunity is. But then that opportunity is going to start ebbing. The longer you wait, the, the more the anointing is going to ebb off of it. You know, I'm, I told Becky, we were talking about this. Other, you know, there's an old hymn, uh, and one of the lines in it is prone to wonder. Like wander, I think W A N D E R is to wander, like prone to wander from, you know. Well, I was telling, I'm I'm not necessarily prone to wander, I'm prone to ponder, and I'm very prone to wander. W O N D E R. I'm very, I love to ponder things. And Becky was trying to encourage me, like, well, well, Mary, the Bible says, pondered these things in her heart. Right, so there's a place for ponder. We what might call it something beautiful like meditation, right? Uh, I'm prone to meditate. I'm prone to think. Uh, I love to do that and and absorb. But the Lord was telling me there's things coming, and it's not you can ponder later. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? There's things coming. Don't ponder. You can you can reason it out later because you know what happens a lot of times. Our little reasoning will reason us out of what God's doing at that moment. You hear what I'm telling you? Don't let your reasoning rule you. Let your reasoning serve you. That's what it's meant to do. It's meant to serve the purposes of God, not to rule your life. And you don't do things because it doesn't. Well, what he said, well, I'm not going to say that, Lord, because that don't make no sense. That word he got, uh, that was good. So the Lord's going to give us, that's one thing he told me, is, is windows of opportunity. There's going to be like words of knowledge that people are going to start getting. And you're going to have to act on them. Okay, you can't just sit there and talk yourself out of it or well, this, that. Words of knowledge, uh, even, there's even other things. Not just, it's not just gifting or prophecies. It's going to be those. But it also is going to have to do with, with business, opportunities in business, opportunities in finances. Where, where God is going to open a door for you, and when he does, go through the door. You hear what I'm telling you? Go through it. If God opened the door, go through it, even if it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. Don't let your natural mind stop you from doing something that doesn't seem reasonable. I know that's going to be hard for a lot of you. 
One of the things the Lord told me uh, about you guys, I think it's about y'all. This is amazing. Uh, I'm not going to ask you if you're okay. This is not a teaching, by the way. I'm not trying to do a teaching. I'm just telling you some stuff, okay? You can, you can figure it out and put it together. This is what he said to me. Listen, prepare the people for a move of God. Prepare the people for a move of God. Now, I, I don't know what that move of God, I can't define what that is. You know, I don't know what that is. I don't know when that is. You know, your natural mind will go back to the last time God moved and how that looked, and, but I'm not doing that. Okay? I think one of the ways we can be prepared for a move of God is learn how to do this one thing. Let uh, this year, 2020, be like the year of yes to God. When He gives you something, your answer is yes. The greatest, one of the greatest pieces of counsel in the Bible is found uh, in John 4. This is what Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to these servants. Whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. And they took the water and Jesus turned it into wine. So that's the counsel for you. This is how you get prepared for a move of God. Whatever he says, just do it. Then you can go home and you can try to reason through it, figure it out, do all that, you know, gymnastics that we'd like to do. But just do it and let God bring forth the results. Amen? I mean, that's a, okay. That's a really good, I think. All right, here's the other thing the Lord told me. Um, this is really powerful how he told me this, too. I mean, it was very powerful. I have this friend uh, who is very, uh, I mean, just amazing. He's just so full of wisdom. Uh, and he's, um, you know... I have never won an argument with this guy. I mean, every biblical conversation that I've ever had with him where we disagreed, he was able to just thoroughly beat me in the conversation. And the only time he's never beat me is, is this is what he does. And when I refuse to give up, okay, Byron, have it your way. <laughs> That's what he does. So I had this dream, and this guy was in our church. I heard his voice. I was out there in the foyer, and I heard this guy talking. I thought, oh, my gosh. David is here. And I walk in, and it was David's voice, and there's some people around he was talking to, but David was a 12-year-old boy. But out of his mouth was coming this amazing wisdom. And you know what the crazy thing was? He looked like I did when I was 12. Now, that would be bad for a New York Jewish guy to look and like a North Carolina country person they don't add and I was just like dumb like what does that mean Lord I know it means something that's just too too weird and so I talked to David about it I have no clue Byron what that means I just have no clue that's what he said to me and I thought okay you know then he came back and said something I'm just thinking he thinks that's about him (laughs) maybe it is but this is what the Lord told me the first words of Jesus in the Bible he was a 12-year-old boy. That's the first recorded words That's in, in Luke 12. When Jesus went to the temple, he was 12 years old. And it says they were astounded at the wisdom of Jesus. Astounded at the wisdom of Jesus. And the Lord, this is what the Lord told me. If, you, if you'll become childlike, I'll do what I did for Jesus. I'll give, you'll grow in wisdom, you'll grow in favor, and you'll grow in spiritual maturity. Yeah, that's right. You'll grow in wisdom. Y'all hearing me? If you will become childlike, if you'll come childlike, you'll grow in wisdom. You'll grow in favor with God and man. It says that right there in the Bible. Luke 2, 52. Jesus grew. He said, that's yours if if you'll become childlike. You become like a 12-year-old child. And so I believe this year, God really, that's how, to me, that's the two things the Lord's told me. It's when there's a window or a door and opportunity, act, do what he says, reason later. Two, become childlike. I think they're kind of connected. You know, I think you're going to have to be childlike to step out and do things that don't seem reasonable at times that you believe God's telling you. Now listen, let me tell you this. You're probably going to make some mistakes. Anybody 
you're going to have to be willing to miss it. Okay? You really are. I mean, nobody's perfect. We're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to obey the Lord. We're just trying to do what He's... Don't worry about it if you make a mistake. The Lord has a big net. He's going to... If you and your heart are sincerely responding to what you sincerely believe He's asked you to do, and whether you respond perfectly or not... Whether you do it perfectly or not is not the issue with God. And if it totally flops, like, well, okay, it flopped, moving on. (laughs) That's what you're going to have to do. I messed that up. Be like a child. They're not going to be all hung up and, oh, I can't do that anymore. I got hurt. I got burned and all this stuff. Are you all hearing what I'm telling you? All righty. Let me just tell you this. There's a lot more that the Lord told me. But did you all know this is the uh, not only a new year, but this is a new decade, I have never thought about at a new decade. I've never really got into this new decade thing until last year. I started, I read something some person wrote. I don't know, I don't even remember who they were about Hebrew decades. Okay, and I was, it was fascinating. So I began to research decades in the Hebrew language. Okay, not the word decade. But if you go back and look at decades, the past decades... And look at church history, you can see there is a correlation, okay, between the Hebrew decade, the symbolic thing of what it means, and what God was actually focusing and emphasizing in the church during that decade. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? This is not some fluky, weird thing, numerology or something like that. There's a book in the Bible called Numbers, right? God was into numbers, but God, so in the Hebrew, let me tell you this, not that I'm a Hebrew expert, believe me. Everything I'm telling you is not like I'm some learned person in the Hebrew. Uh, you know, this is information that you can read and study that's reliable, but um, in the Hebrew, uh, num- uh, numbers have symbols attached to them. Okay, so here's, for instance, the last decade, the symbol for 70, which was... The Hebrew number, let me read the number. It was this. The last decade was, which was 2010 to 2019, Hebrew uh, 5770 to Hebrew 5779. Five, five, you know, that was their, that's their numbers. That's their years. It's a different calendar, okay? The number 70 was I. That was the symbol that went with 70. Okay, what did God do? What does I mean? I means revelation. I mean sin. Okay? If you go back and you study what God has done in the church, you, and if you begin to look at this, you're gonna, you would be astounded and shocked at the amount of revelation that God has released to the body of Christ in the last 10 years. It is absolutely incredible. I can remember 10 years ago preaching in a church that was a, was a Pentecostal, spirit-filled church and talking to, him, to them about certain things spiritually and they, had, and, and they were looking at me like, what are you talking about? And they were saying, we've never heard about that before. Okay, but today it's common throughout the body of Christ. You, you may not realize it, but if you begin to look at what God has released to the body of Christ, we have a massive amount of revelation that's not just a few people, a few special people, but it's widespread. Probably three-quarters of the people in this room could go to their neighbor or the person sitting beside them and pray for them and get revelation about them. Most of you in this room can do it. Most of the people in this room are doing that all the time. It's just become a common thing. It's because that's what the Holy Spirit was doing. If you really want to get words, you can get words real easy. All you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying about Tim today? Holy Spirit, how can I pray for Tim? And God will begin to download information to you about Tim. Many people can do that. Ten years ago, not that many people could do that. So you go and just begin to to look at this. So I believe, you know, that year, those years, was God was downloading a lot of revelation into the body of Christ. A lot more even than we're aware of. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to keep downloading revelation. Okay? I mean, because God's all about revelation because God is light. That's, that's his, his deal. Y'all are kind of just not looking at me good. <laughs> Processing. Pondering. Prone to ponder. Prone to ponder, Lord, I feel it. (laughs) 
prone to ponder the Holy Ghost right out the door. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of going. You know one thing I loved about Becky's sermon last week, or message, however you want to watch her, she could sing part of it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> You know, that, well, I wish I could do that. Because it, it has a dimension to preaching that's amazing. Like somebody who could actually sing part of their message, you know. And I wouldn't do that to you because you would be upset. And I wouldn't blame you. I would probably get up and walk out if I started singing. But let me give you this. The decade of 2020 to 2019 is the Hebrew numbers 5780 to 5789. That's the Hebrew calendar. And 80, listen, this is beautiful. 80, the symbol for 80 is the mouth. It means speech. It means communication. It means power. Because what, why does it mean power? I want to make sure you get that. Because what does the Bible say about the mouth? The power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. God, I, I believe one of the things that God's going to do, a lot of this revelation is not going to just be revelation anymore. It's going to be spoken I believe Mark 11. Y'all know what Mark 11 is? Speak to your mountain. I believe we're going to begin to see over the next 10 years. I believe if I'm here 10 years from now, or if I'm in heaven, I'm going to tell you I told you so. Because there is going to be widespread people able to take and speak the word of the Lord in power. They're going to speak to mountains. They're going to speak to disease. They're going to speak to whatever needs to be spoken to. God's going to teach us how to take up the sword of the Spirit. I believe this next 10 years, we're going to learn all about the sword of the Spirit. It's, there's going to be power on this thing. It's not, it ain't going to be just quoting Bible verses. It's going to be the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God in our mouth coming from His mouth. And when that happens, something's going to happen. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? When we begin to speak what God is speaking at that moment over whatever situation there is, something's going to shift. It has to because it'll be the, it'll be the, we're going to become the mouth of God. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God's mouth is going to be revealed. His word is going to be revealed. Are y'all happy about this? When we're going to learn how to, listen, listen, this is important. Let me just, uh, that sword of the spirit thing, we're going to learn how to do that. But also... This is something that's really amazing. It has to do with the name of Jesus. Okay? Because uh, Jesus said to pray in his name, right? That's what he told us to do. Let me read this verse to you. I'm, I know y'all are doing good. I'm not going to ask you. I tell you, the Lord's stirring, y'all. The Lord's stirring. If he's stirring in people's hearts. It's going to get out. It's going to get out of their hearts and get into this. I'm telling you this. Y'all need to be prepared for that. Uh, the way that, you know, ask God to stir in your heart if you don't feel stirred right now. Ask Him to. Tell Him you want to be stirred. Yeah. More, Lord. That's right. There's always more of God. Acts 3 6. But Peter said, I don't have any. This guy was crippled for 40 years sitting at the temple gate. Every day of his life, he was crippled. He was lame. He was probably paralyzed. His friends took him and laid him up there where he could beg for money every day. I'm sure Jesus saw that man, okay? And, and, and because he didn't see the Father doing anything, he waited because Jesus saw another day coming. And so here, Peter and John, they're going to the temple at the hour of prayer, and, and this guy's there begging, and, and they came, and you know the story. It's a beautiful story because this is the first thing that, these guys, that, that, these, that Peter and them did after Pentecost, this is when they first, we first find out what they actually did out there in the community. But Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what I have. You hear what I'm telling you? Here's what we need to do. We need to find out what we have. That's one of the things the Lord told me personally. Byron, what do you have? You need to go back and find out what you really have. Not what you think you have. Not what you theologically have. I want you to tell me what you really have. What you really... And so Peter knew what he had. He knew what he had. He said, I can't give you... I don't have no money, but I can give you something else because I know what I have. 
And, and then he says, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Get up and walk. And that guy jumped up and walked and ran into the temple and was dancing and carrying on. You know, it created a big stir. They wound up getting arrested over it and getting in trouble over it. Uh, I think one of the problems we've had, because I think we all believe in the name of Jesus, right? There's not a person in here. We, we believe that there's power in the name, but why aren't we seeing it? Because we don't really know what God has given us in Christ. We're not, we know it here, but our heart is not there. But when it gets there, something's going to happen. When we begin to really start believing that in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, that we are really, that's our revelation, that we have been given His name because we were born again, born into the family of God. And that's why we have His name. And when we begin to really start believing that kind of stuff, what Christ has already accomplished, what Jesus has already given us at, through His finished work at the cross, when that becomes a reality in our life, by revelation, we're going to begin to speak out of our mouth what we carry inside of us and begin to use His name. Uh, let me just read this other verse because it's just beautiful. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this is verse 16, this man was healed. Peter even told him before that, why are y'all looking at us like we did something? We didn't do anything. And then he said it was through faith in the name of Jesus. man. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. See, real faith is going to come because real faith is born out of, the, out of hearing God. Right? Faith comes by hearing. You're going to start, God's going to put his mouth to your ear and you're going to hear something. And when you hear it, you're going to hear the word and faith is going to get activated and then you can begin to speak. Are y'all with this? This is the best news ever. I'm telling you, this is the good news. This is the good news that God is very interested in. I know this is not anything new. I'm not trying to do anything new. I'm not interested in trying to do anything. I'm interested in what God's doing. You know, that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in all this other stuff. Well, I read this story uh, recently it was pretty fascinating about the name of Jesus I'll just tell it to you it really spoke to my heart really big and well y'all know who Randy Clark is and healing and and many of y'all in this room have been trained in Randy Clark's model of healing right he has like five he has a model it's really a, an amazing model actually so it's like a pastoral model for for healing it's not like a crusade model it's for like in the church where you can interview a person, talk to them, take time with them, go through. And he has like five steps. Well, he was in his ministry, and he was having like amazing success at this period This in his ministry. This, this was several years ago of healing. God was just doing all crazy. I mean, uh, uh, some amazing healings. And, and uh, so he was at doing a, some meetings. I think he was in Brazil where he saw just like, like 60 or 70 people healed in a room with 100 people. It was un unreal what was happening. But he was resting, and uh, the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, I am not crazy about your model of healing. That's what the Lord spoke to him. And he was like, well, why not? wait a minute, Lord. Randy Clark actually got that model from John Wimber. John Wimber taught Randy Clark that model. I think Randy enhanced it some. Why not, Lord? And this is what the Lord said to him. Because you do not emphasize the name of Jesus enough. Even though God was using him to heal, because God loves to heal people. And the truth is, God don't give a rip about models at the end of the day, although models are very nice tools to have. But at the end of the day, God wants to love people and heal them and care for them so you can't get hung up on the model. But the Lord was saying, you don't emphasize my name enough. And so I believe God's going to give us some revelation. I know He's going to give us. That's what He's told me. I'm going to give you some revelation on the name of Jesus. You're going to get some revelation. And you're going to have what they had. Actually, we already have it. That's the problem. Everybody in here, you already have it. It's in you. You just don't know it yet. But God's going to roll that curtain back. And when you begin to pray in that name... Something's going to happen. We, the church really needs this, I think. I tell you, we do. 
If you, I'll tell you when you'll know you need it, when you're desperate and when you're sick and you need the name of Jesus to come. Can I read another couple of verses to you? Woo, Lord help, mouth of God. Listen, Revelations 1.16. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from what? His what? His mouth. His mouth. That's what's, that's what's coming. We're, that's what's coming to us. His mouth. It's the decade of the mouth. And what comes out of his mouth is a sharp two-edged sword. And that sword will divide. That sword will cut. And God is going to entrust some of you in this room with that sword in your mouth. Because he's looking for people that he can entrust this to. That will use it under his guidance and his leadership. And not for themselves. Listen what he said. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. His face was like this. See, here's what's going to happen, I believe. I know this is going to happen. I'm saying it's going to happen. Now, whether it happens to you or not, I think it's up to you. But it's going to happen with me. His face, John the Apostle fell down like a dead man when he saw Jesus. This is the guy they call John the Beloved. This is the same guy a few days earlier that had his head on this person's chest. And everybody was saying, who's, who, John, find, you know, find out who's going to betray him because he was close to Jesus. This is the same John that Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, said, said John, behold your mother, speaking to Mary. In other words, you need to make, she's your mom now. Take care of mama. That's what Jesus was saying on the cross. Take care of mama. Treat her like your mama. Take her, which means take her into your house. Make sure she's cared for and then he said to mom, his mom, Mama, he's your son now. I'm, I'm gone. He's taking the place. He's going to take care of you. That's the same John. So you know he knew Jesus well, right? You know there was a relationship. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up in this different form and he falls like a dead man. I think the Lord's going to come and he's going to show a side of him that we've never seen before. You know, we're going to get out of this too familiar with Jesus business. He's going to come, and he, it's going to shock us. It's going to scare us. I mean, scare us really good. You know, where we're going to need him to touch us, to help us be, to see him as he really is, that he's glorious. God's going to reveal his glory to the body of Christ. That's like the ace in the hole for us. It really is. It's like God's final weapon that he's going to pull out. Y'all, some of you, we're going to have to break off this discouragement thing. And you're going to have to break off this failure thing that you have going in your life. And this fear thing. And let the Lord come and reveal himself. He's going to reveal himself. And I believe that's how this, that how this sword's coming. Taking up the sword of the Spirit. The other verse I wanted to read to you. I'm almost done. Are y'all good? Oh, gosh. I'm sorry I did that. That's once. Okay, I ain't doing it no more for a couple of days. <laughs> this is a famous scripture. But Jesus told him, no. He's talking to the devil. No. The scripture. I bet he didn't, I bet he didn't say no nice. <laughs> it reads nice, right? No. The scripture says. I bet he did. No. <laughs> Got that devil's attention. <laughs> he was talking, you know, this is when Jesus was being tempted. I'm just messing with you. I'm, not really. I believe he was probably pretty aggressive. People do not live by bread alone because the devil is trying to get him to turn uh, rocks into bread. And he, he just went after him over it. People do not live by bread alone, but by every what word. That's the rhema word of God. That's the spoken word of God that comes from what? The mouth of God. I believe the Lord is going, you're going to begin to get rhema words from God. You're going to get words. See, here's these windows of opportunity. They're words coming from the mouth of God. You hear what I'm saying to you? There are things that God is saying from His mouth to your ear. That's how you can, why you can act on them. Are y'all following this? This is what God wants to do. This is our decade in front of us. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? I mean, we've got good news, y'all. Listen. Listen, let me tell you this. The United States of America may collapse. 
There's no guarantee. But we have a guarantee. Because we are not trusting in the United States. And I love the United States. I do love this country. And I'm thankful every day that I was born here. And I live here and I'm a citizen of this country. But I'm not dependent on this country to take care of me. You know, I'm depending on God, and I'm hoping they'll do what's right, you know, and knock out people that need to be knocked out that are killing them people. I'm for that. I'm just be honest with you. I don't think God ever rejoices when any human being dies. I do not believe that. But I believe there's times where God has, says that person has to be removed because he's such a destroyer. He's such a destroyer. And so we need to start paying attention when God does something like in the world, in the natural, and not have our little political opinions about it. We need to find out the mind of God on it and start agreeing with God on it, even if it goes against your little political opinion. Because God is the one who knows what's best for everybody in the world. And I just happen to believe, you know, for one, one out of ten times, I'm in agreement with what has, is going on. In our world right now, I'm in agreement with it because I believe God is doing is behind a lot of them. Most of the time, I'm disagreeing and God's rebuking me about it. Anyways, that's my political statement for the day. So I believe this: we are in a time of advancement. Every word that proceeds, it's time for the church to advance. My sense about us, I keep feeling this movement thing, like something's moving you know like you can't get home without some movement right you can't get to where you're supposed to go without some movement that's that's what i keep feeling is this movement thing it's it's almost like being in a car where where the tires are rolling it's like god is going to start moving us there's going to be a move of god that's what he said prepare for a move of god there's going to be a movement do y'all hear me? And, and God wants to impart these, what I, I believe what, what I'm saying, He wants to impart into you where you start feeling that. That you start feeling there's this move thing. We're in a different place now spiritually. Oh, let me read this one then. This, I'm fixing the end here. but um, Song of Solomon. Oh boy. Song of Solomon. This is like the, the, the girl, <laughs> the girlfriend book in the Bible it's like the you know no it ain't no Hallmark movie I can tell you that now I, I was trying to find it's, this book is at least R rated by the natural standards because it says stuff in there that I'm not th- I'm thinking whoa uh-uh, I'm not going there you know, it's like going to a movie that's got bad. You, I don't need to go to that movie. I, I don't need it. Like reading song. I don't really need to read that, Lord. You know, <laughs> I don't need images. But listen to this. Song of Solomon, verse chapter 1. This is easy. This is right at the beginning. Let him kiss me, what, with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is better than mine. Your love is better. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And I believe this is what I believe what Becky said last week about intimacy. And I can't stand that word on some level. And I was like, oh, that sounds so. But I do believe it's a time for intimacy with the Lord. I believe it's when God wants to put his mouth on us. I believe that's how we're going to learn how to take up the sword of spirit because God's mouth has touched our mouth. He don't want to just touch our ear. He wants to touch our mouth. He wants this thing with us, this closeness, this communion. We're already, let me make sure you understand. We're as close, already as close as the Lord will ever get. Okay? We can't get any closer to God. We're not trying to get closer to God. But we're trying to grow in who He is and His heart, His mind, for Him to begin to tell us things. That's what intimacy is. Uh, can I read this one verse? 1 Corinthians 2.10. This is what Paul said. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and, listen, shows us, listen, God's deep secrets. God does not share His deep secrets with people He doesn't have intimacy with. Are y'all hearing me? 
You don't share those secrets with other people. There's certain things that Becky knows about me that nobody knows. Why does she know them? I've told them, and she's observed them. <laughs> but I can trust her for the things that I don't want nobody else to know, but somebody needs to know. I can trust it with her because our intimate relationship. That's the way it's supposed to be. And that's the way God wants it. He is looking for... There's an old saying, God shouts His truth, but whispers His secrets. Let me say that one more time. God shouts His... Here's part of our trouble, I think, with the church. The church shouts the truth, but we don't whisper the secrets. we got to start whispering the secrets. And the way we're going to whisper the secrets is be with that person. Be... Sleep with that person. Eat with that person. And in the context of all of that, that person begins to share their secrets. But he's not shouting. And the Bible says in Proverbs 1 that wisdom stands in the, in the highways and byways shouting, shouting the truth. But nobody's really whispering the secrets. That's what revelation is. You get these secrets from God, and, 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 but God's going to begin to release those, I believe. But we all have this opportunity now to get, to get that, to begin to hear the whispers of God. I believe that for all my heart. But, and why? Because we have, we're making a choice. We're going to have intimacy with the Lord. We're going to have relationship with this person. And it's, it's a time for us to go deeper in that because I know a lot of you already have that. All right, I'm going to end right here. Praise God. Are you happy? I didn't ask you if it's okay. Let me read this one. Proverbs 5, verse 3 through 4. Okay, this is kind of a, this is kind of a warning. Okay, I, I'm sorry I'm entering the, reading this on, ending this message on kind of a warning, but it, this is very much a warning. In Proverbs 5, the, the, the chapter is about uh, Solomon... Talking, is it Solomon or David talking there? Because David, Solomon talks about stuff that David told him. Well, all, you know, this is a lot of David's wisdom, actually, because it does say that in one of those chapters that, that David taught him, taught me when I was a little boy. And, but it's about natural, I'm talking just in the natural, immorality. Okay, that's what he's talking about. Adultery, fornication. That's what he's talking about, natural. And he's warning, just admit, he's warning this young man, dude, there's immorality, there's, there's, don't mess with these, there's certain girls you don't want to mess with, right? That's, that's what he's talking to him about. Or it could be a mom's like, daughter, there's certain guys you just don't want to mess with. And if you read all the way to the end, it, it ends in destruction for people who do that. Their lives are going to be destroyed. You cannot get away with it. The only way you can get away with something like that is to tell God, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me and rescue me and give me that mercy. And he'll do it. But if you don't and you keep going down that road, you're going to be in a lot of trouble with God. Now, I'm just telling you, that's, that's, that's one of the, in the New Testament, that's one of the things that, that Paul is very clear on is fornication and adultery. He absolutely says that is not something that believers have a freedom to do. Now, I'm not talking about that, though. I just thought I'd throw that in, just in case there was somebody in here kind of thinking that way, you know, kind of temp being tempted that way, just in case you are, you know, just don't do that. But what I am telling you, spiritually, there's a counterfeit. Now, listen, the mouth of God. You hear what I'm saying? There's also another mouth. There's also something else that really wants to kiss you. There's something else that wants to get into bed with you. I'm talking spiritual now. And whisper in your ear. Now listen what it says. Are y'all getting this now, y'all? It says, listen, for the lips of an immortal woman are as sweet as honey. What is honey in the Bible? Revelation. There's a false revelation. That seems sweet. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction because there was something sweet sounding that came. Forget the girl boy thing. I'm talking about spiritual things right now. I'm talking about spiritual revelation. 
but it's coming from the wrong source. You can be guaranteed of this. If God starts releasing his mouth, you can be sure that the devil who can act like and dress up like, like a, a light, an angel of light, is going to do the same thing. He, I mean, he's tracking with what God's doing. And so you can be start. They're sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother. Listen, her mouth is smoother than oil. What is oil? It's the anointing. So you can get this thing that seems anointed. It seems like it's God. It seems right. But it's a bad thing because, listen, but in the end, she is bitter as poison. She's bitter as poison. As dangerous as a, look, double-edged sword. As dangerous as a double-edged sword. Except for this, are are y'all tracking with it? And so, I'm a big believer. You know, we're not all into the devil here. And we're not all sitting around worried about being deceived. I just don't think that's the way I want to live my Christian life. I'm believing that Jesus is strong enough and great enough to keep me out of that. But I'm telling you this, I ain't no fool. I ain't stupid. And so when I believe God is saying I'm offering my mouth to you, and I'm offering an opportunity for intimacy with you, I'm thinking there's something else coming too that's going to give me that same offer. I think I need to get with the real more so when that other thing comes, it's a word. Larry had this word, right? Discernment. That God's going to release an anointing of discernment on the church. And we're going to be able to discern when the enemy comes, even as cool as it sounds, as nice as it sounds, as beautiful as it sounds, as culturally relevant as it sounds, as politically correct as it sounds, the cool factor, the the cutting edge factor, all of that. God's going to release this sermon. We're going to say, "Mm mm-mm, that's going to end, and that's going to end bad. Are y'all following this? And see, I believe these are some of the things that God wants to do this year and this decade. I'm not saying all this is going to happen tomorrow, okay? Don't get me wrong. We're talking decade. But I am believing that God has offered us an opportunity today, an opportunity I have never had in my entire Christian life, okay, to understand some of the future, although it's very, it's not, you know, a, B, C, D, E. But some of the future about some of the, what God wants to do in a big picture manner. I believe God's offering that. If you read chapter 24 of Matthew, you know what Jesus talks about? He tells, go read it, go home and read it. Jesus tells, this is what the future is going to be like. Matthew 24. He said this. You see this temple? It's coming down. It's coming down. Well, not one stone, and it came down. And then he talked about all these things. He didn't, that was the only real specific thing he said, but he didn't tell them when it was going to come down. It came down, what, 30-something years later or 70 years later or 35 years later or something like that, 37? Yeah, 70 AD is when it came down. But he said this thing's coming down. So he has an interest in us knowing about the future, maybe not all the de- intricate details. I feel like what I'm telling you today is God is talking about the fu- our future. And he's in- in- inviting us into this future to begin to, to learn this future, begin to walk in this future. Uh, let me tell you two more things. It's really awesome. Uh, okay, I want to just say this about Revelation about dreams and vision, revelation, revelation in the Word of God. I love all that stuff. That really was my life for the last 10 years. I, I'm so, when I look back, like, oh, God, I stumbled into it. I didn't know that was what you were doing. I just was going after it because there was something in me that God put in me that made me hunger. But you know what I found out about all that, y'all? That's not the point. And that's what the Lord, Byron, don't make that your point, son, because that is not the point. If your world is just that, you've missed it. You've missed it. That's meant to serve God's purposes. That's what that's meant for. 
It's not to sit around and just enjoy. Are y'all hearing me? Now, I think that's really important. Because I think we're going to begin to see that happen. Revelation from what God's spoken and given us in the past is going to begin to out, be outworked through, through the mouth of God speaking. Now, that doesn't, I'm going to keep going after Revelation. I mean, like I say, I love it, but I've realized in my life that's not the point. That's not the end. That's a means to an end. And I really want to encourage you about that. I'm not fascinated with all that. I, at one point, I was fascinated with being visited by angels. That's okay to go through that phase, y'all. But at the end of the day, if that's all you're fascinated with, you're, you're missing it, man. That's not what the, the whole Bible's not about that. God's kingdom is not about that. That's to help us. I hope I made that clear. I, don't want, I want to encourage you to go after revelation. Go after it with all your heart. You know, go after dreams. If God's how God speaks to you, get into bed at night and tell him, give me a dream, talk to me. You know? But that's really, you got to know, it's a means to an end. But this is one of the things the Lord told me about three months ago. I was thinking about, you know, 220, 2020. And I was thinking about leaving what's behind. Right? That's what we do. Leaving what's behind. And you know what the Holy Spirit said, Byron? You've left something on the table. I've left something on the table. What does that mean, Lord? And I felt like he meant there's something you need to go back and get that you put down. And so I'm saying, well, what is it, Lord? You've got to tell me what it is. You know, of course, when you do that, God says something, then he's quiet for like days on end. And there's no answer. Oh, you told me I left something on the table. I don't know what it was. But then I, re- I started having this experience with other human beings. This was the experience. Desperation. Desperate people. My wife is dying. Why won't God heal her? One person after the other. And I'm thinking, that's what we left on the table. It's God's healing power. I felt like that's what, that was how God answered her prayer. It's because all of a sudden all these people started coming out of the woodwork with me about the healing. Why isn't God healing? I've done everything I know to do. I mean, I had several people. I've done every prayer there is to get healed. I can't get healed. I need God to heal me. Why is he not healing? Of course, I'm there. I don't know. <laughs> all lies. I don't know why he's not. I wish I knew. If I, was, if I knew that, I would do, we would do something. Well, I did figure out what we're supposed to do. Get the healing of them and start praying for people. Find out what the Bible says about healing. And start doing whatever it says in the Bible until we start seeing God heal. Because God's going to heal people. Well, here's, the, here's my revelation thing. All right, that's one thing. So, so I'm laying in the bed, soaking, thinking about revelation. Okay? I'm just thinking about all this, and I'm remembering this encounter from, with Bob Jones in the 1990s. And you know Bob Jones, if you didn't know him, he had a way where he could pray for you, that he could literally help you, really he could just help you take you up into the spiritual realm, okay, and help you see something. Some of you remember that, right? You remember it, right? Or was it your sister? I'm talking to you, Stark girl. Yeah, it was your sister, don't, some of y'all remember him. He actually came into the church one time and helped us. Many people were, all of a sudden were able to connect in the spirit realm and had never connected in the spiritual realm before. Well, this was in the 90s. I was at this retreat, and he was going to pray for everybody there. You know, it was probably 30 or 40 men and women at this retreat. So it came my turn. You know, we all sitting there listening, you know. He prays for me, and he... he you know, did what he does. I can't do it. You know, it's kind of weird. I'll be honest with you. He was a weird guy, but he was an amazing guy. But he was a little weird. Okay, you get weird if you had some of these encounters that he had. It was un- unreal. But he would pray, and then then most people would have a vision right then. If they've never had a vision in their life, they would have a vision right then. He would ask them, "What did you see?" And they would tell him, and then he would tell them what it meant. And it was, for some, some of those people there, it was life-changing literally for them. It was like God showed them a key that they had been searching for for years for some situation. 
well, here's my turn, and I'm so excited I can't breathe. So he does this thing with me, and this is what I see. He said, what do you see? I said, I see a man, and I can see into the man. I can see his inward parts. I can see his intestines. I can see his organs. Oh, you know what, y'all? I'm just going to tell you. This is bad. I was ecstatic at that moment because I just knew what Bob Jones was going to tell me. God is going to give you, Byron Wicker, the ability to see into people and know everything that's going on with them, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I just knew that was going to be it because I saw into this man. You know what he said? (laughs) He said, that's nothing more than the bowels of compassion. God's going to release his bowels of compassion to you. Yeah, this is bad for me. Like, who would want that? <laughs> I wanted to be able to see. And you see what I'm talking about, the revelation thing? I wanted to see. But Jesus wants to heal people. And God reminded me of that. You were so disappointed that day. You kind of walked away. Okay, yeah, bowel, yeah. Bowels, what does that mean? You know, some wimpy little thing. You know, I didn't know anything about Jesus being moved with compassion back in those days. I didn't, I didn't have that revelation. I didn't realize that that's power. God had to bring me into a revelation of love to teach me about that. And I just remember that, and I realized that about the revelation thing is God... As much as, and God is a a revelatory God, and we're going to have revelatory experiences. Marlon's word about high level prophetic insight that he gave last night week was really the Lord. But at the end of the day, God really wants to change humanity, He wants to fix people. And if if our revelation, if at some point it's got to go there in some way, is what I'm saying to you. So I'm believing like in that those bowels of compassion are going to get released for us. And, and we're going to be moved with compassion and the power of God is going to touch people. Amen? Amen. All right, stand up and we're going to pray. I went over a little bit, but I've been getting fussed out about that lately. <laughs> Woo! I pray the Lord will stir you up. I'm telling you, that's what I'm praying for. That. Lord, stir them up. It caused some trouble. This is what I'm looking for in this. I'm looking for some people to get stirred up and want to do a bunch of stuff. Like, well, you can't do that. But they're so stirred, they feel like they've got to do something. That's a good day in the church. Yeah. I've always told people there's two kinds of messes in the body of Christ. There's one, the messes that we make. Okay? Because human beings make messes. The other is the messes that God makes. God is a mess maker. He'll mess up things. But you know the difference between our mess and His mess? There's always fruit with His mess. So I've told the Lord, come make a mess. Because we need some fruit, God. We need to see you move. And I'm committed to the Lord. If you'll start moving, I'll go behind you and clean the mess up. If I can just be where you're moving. And that's really our hearts. And that's what God wants all our hearts to be. That's good old Luis. Yeah. All right, I'm going to expose Luis. This is exposed time. All right. Uh, Bob Jones was at the church here one time. El profeta Bob Jones estaba aquí en la iglesia una vez. He prayed for Nova and Luis. Y él oró por Luis y su esposa Nova. And then later he said, "Hey, I need to tell you something." Y él vino a mí este profeta y me dijo más tarde, "Hey, te tengo que decir algo." He said that boy I prayed for. Y él me dijo ese muchacho por el cual that boy. Ese muchacho por el cual oré. He said. He's got one of the strongest healing anointing in his hands. He said, I've only seen one other person that had that level. He told me, you need to pay attention to that. At the right time, God's going to release that. No pressure on release. No pressure. I'm just declaring what the Lord has declared over his life. Yo voy a okay? lo que Dios está you need to think about words God's given you that Tienes haven't que happened yet. Las que Dios te ha dado a ti. God's going to revive those words. Dios va a re- a 
reavivar esas Amen. palabras Amen. He's some stuff. va He's a reavivar cosas en tu vida Amen. And, and y vas a comenzar a moverte so, en Lord, right yo oro esto ahora mismo si estás desanimado levanta tu mano si estás desanimado levanta tu mano si te sientes que eres un fracaso levanta tu mano si cosas no funcionan en tu vida levanta tu mano al Señor en esta de esta manera me siento me siento como un fracaso fracasado me siento desanimado I just ask you to help me God I pray today something will transpire inside of me you'd break this discouragement off of me you know that scripture hope deferred la esperanza que, que tarda Makes the heart sick is the, hace que el corazón se enferme esto es lo que estás sufriendo tu corazón está enfermo But a desire come true pero un deseo que se convierte en realidad es como un árbol de vida Él quiere soltar el árbol de vida sobre ti el árbol de la vida Lord, I just ask you today yo te pido Señor hoy that the time que el tiempo would end for no answers. I pray the word of the Lord would come in power in every person in this room. I pray the word of the Lord would come in power. I pray the preceding word of God would come and they could get up and go and a new fire would come in their heart and new hope would come in their heart that tree of life would break forth in Jesus name I actually saw the tree of life when I was praying for, for you I saw the tree of life the tree of life that's Jesus Jesus is our tree of life Lord I just pray that Jesus everybody say Jesus Jesus let's just take a moment let's just take a minute y'all and let, let's think about Jesus Christ That's what the entire Bible is all about. It's about Him. Everything points to Him. The Holy Spirit points to Him. And Jesus said, if you see me, you know God. That's what He said. If you see me, I've seen you see the Father. Lord, just release that. I, I just pray that, that this year, that we would fall in love with Jesus Vamos Jesús. and that we would begin to see Jesus as our everything como to, como todo. and we would just begin to adore him and out of that esto, we would do what he's called us to do Vamos a hacer lo que él nos ha a hacer. yes and amen Lord let's give sí, Corey a let's give sí. Corey a blessing Ooh. yeah yeah Uh, here's a word for Corey. Aquí una okay. para Corey. I see the Lord right now, Corey. I, Yo saw, veo al Señor ahora mismo, Corey. I saw the Lord take a little vial of oil and pour it on you. I saw it dripping down your head. It was oil that was in Jesus' hands because it was a hand that carried scars. So Lord, we just, we just agree that you're bringing a new anointing on Corey. You're going to really do something in the terms of his thoughts. He, you're going to give him some thoughts he's never had before. There's, there's going to an anointing to come on you that's going to be new. And the devil ain't going to be able to resist that anointing. Lord, we just release it on him. And I believe there's going to be words that you're going to give that's going to be very powerful it's going to be very powerful because Jesus' words were powerful and I believe that oil represents him sharing his words amen thank you all amen amen well we got we got a heck of a decade coming up don't we so the ministry team is going to work their way up here if you have unfinished business from earlier you need to get up here so we can get some praying still 
And if there's anything on your heart, folks, for this coming decade, some of the things I think I want to highlight, algunas cosas que yo quiero remarcar. You know, Byron talked about becoming childlike. Byron habló sobre ser como un niño. There's opportunity to declare humility. Esta es una oportunidad para declarar humildad. And then the other thing I think is practicing partnering with our mouths. Y lo otro es practicar y ponernos de acuerdo con nuestra boca. And partnering with what is the Lord saying? What are the things that He's saying? Ponernos de acuerdo con lo que el Señor está diciendo. And how can we unite with Him? Y cómo podemos unirnos a él. I think you know if there's if there's something on your heart and you need to you know figure that out or declare truth or practice saying something, speaking over your lives. There's a group up here that will participate in that activity with you before you leave. If not, then we're going to dismiss. Um, um, just a reminder that Eddie Murph's funeral is today at 3 o'clock. If you need details about that, connect with us. Yeah, we'll get it to you, okay? Um, bless you. We love you all. The Lord loves you. Have a great day. Tengas un día excelente. I raise a heart.